This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, um, we had a bit of a chat, as you would imagine. We did, yeah. Um, we also were joined by Martin Kellner with his week of sport on TV. Yep. Included the hot topic of the week. Uh, Mike Ward joined us for a bit of a non-sporting TV chat. And off the back of Graham uh, Potter's uh, injury that he picked up, you were telling us a few stories of little porky pies you told around uh, your own injuries uh, over the years. So I think that's pretty much it, isn't it? It is. So uh, here it is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Yeah, good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, everybody. What a and size... I mean, we sat here Monday, didn't we, in the in oh, the yeah. midst of a European Super League. You left this studio. We all thought it was happening. Our two clubs hanging our heads in shame by dint of our association with them. And thankfully, it all fizzled out by Tuesday. No, I'm delighted that uh, Chelsea pulled out. I just wish they'd never gone in in the first place. And I bet they feel that now as well. What a disastrous mm. thing from all these clubs. And now they're going to pay for it. We'll talk about more of that later. Because now they've invited the government to walk right in and... Change yes. football and that's it. And I mean, it's actually, it. I mean, for example, we've heard that those games have been taken away, and it could have been maybe that um, the new Spurs stadium could have picked up an extra uh, or picked up a European Championship game. Mm. But of course, they're not, they're, UEFA aren't of a mind to hand out matches to clubs that were part of that rebel breakaway, are they? So not great. Not great. And it hasn't been great on the pitch. And last night I turned on Leicester already three 0 up and three uh, 0 mm. That's what you do to West Brom. You don't lose five two at home to them. <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant. I isn't bet it? you were railing against um, uh, Sam because Sam said, "Oh, they're better than Chelsea." He said, <laughs> "He said they're better than Chelsea." Well, are they? We'll see, won't we? We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see in the cup final. We'll see in the cup final. We'll see when they play each other, and we'll see where they finish. Oh, oh, they've been fighting they, well. They've done very well, Leicester. They really have, and mm. you know, it's a brilliantly run club, and the scouting is excellent, and the manager does a good job. And I think Spurs could do worse than go for him, but whether he'd want to go there, that's another matter. Yeah. But Chelsea, I mean, it's such a flaky lot, honestly. Brighton, West Brom and Southampton, they've dropped 11 points. Oh. I mean, that is just so poor. Mm. But what do you do? Arsenal fans, though, they are the most tattooed, according to... Yeah, uh, crackpot survey. Of, crackpot there's two crackpot sur- surveys today yeah. to bring you. Um, yeah. They come, this comes from goodluckmate.com. I don't know if that's Cliff Thorburn's company. It is. I think Cliff owns it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they, should have, uh, they should have 51%. 
tattooed on their back. That'll work. Quite yeah, that, well, that's a it? nice idea. Ask if you want to know. Um, they an- they analyse the number of uh, foot inspired inkings online because you can't say tattoos in a tabloid once you've said it once. Just four weeks, Gunners fans posted nearly two thousand snaps of their tats. Liverpool were next. If you're interested. Spurs apparently were way back. They were well down the league <laughs> well, what can in, you do? in terms of tattoos. But uh, Juventus were very high. River Plate, have you noticed that when you've gone to Boca River Not games? particularly, no. They're, they're heavily tattooed, are the, uh, are the fans of River Plate. So there yeah, we are. Crackpot good. survey number one. Crackpot survey number two um, was West Brom fans uh, are the most miserable. I've seen that before, yeah, yeah. apparently. Well, then, you know, especially after last night. Um, yes, and Burnley were the second most miserable. Uh, Fulham third. Leicester fans were the cheeriest, Well, apparently. they would be. Yeah, they were cheerier than Chelsea. <laughs> well, we'll see, won't we? We'll see when they play each other in the <laughs> Cup and the League. I love this uh, text to uh, the star today. It says, uh, footballers earning millions. What really annoys me, says Rebel999, is that bloke Picasso selling paintings for millions. <laughs> Well, like he's still alive. Having a go. Yeah. Hello, lads. Yeah, great show. Just want to say, Picasso, it's not on, is it? Well, it's maybe you know, Talk Art, which is our sister station. If you want to have a kind of football style phone into go, Gan, you're having a laugh. Let's call out. I don't know if it's me, but uh, I cannot look at the publicity photos of Ben Kingsley as Salvador Dali without mm. thinking of the late great Frank Worthington. It does. It He's does. He's absolutely like, modelling himself like, on Frank. It does look it's like incredible. Frank, doesn't it? Yeah. So. Uh, now we're going to get you going on something this afternoon, and if, I'm sure you've seen this story. If you've seen a picture of Graham Potter, he's got a spectacular cut under his eye yeah. that needed stitches, and he explained how he got it. I'd love to be able to tell you there's a heroic chivalrous story here that I can, you know, make myself look really good. But unfortunately, I just missed my footing walking over on some steps and then went crashing into a, a metal railing. And I've got a bit of whiplash on my back and I, I sort of look a little bit better. So the lady upstairs tells me in terms of I'm looking a bit more rugged and handsome. But I think she's um, crazy, of course. I was literally walking um, on the beach, trying to look for where I could shelter in the, on the beach for some wind and um, missed my foot in, missed my step, wasn't thinking. Probably had too much on my mind from the last couple of days, and uh, boof. Thankfully, it's only hit my eye, uh, my cheek. It could have been a lot worse. Yeah. He was in the days. He couldn't believe how bad Chelsea were on Tuesday night. <laughs> Probably what he was. He was delirious. But um, he actually said, apparently, in one of the other press conferences, I'd love to pretend I'd heroically rescued three baby seals. It's quite a specific thing you'd make <laughs> you up, would, isn't it? How'd you get that cut, Graham? Well, I was saving three baby seals, and one of them lamped me one. <laughs> a right hook. But he's going to have that scar now, isn't he? You yeah. occasionally see people, and they've got a scar like that. Just yeah. under the eye or whatever on the, and you think, well, I'm not messing with them. But because yeah. you, you immediately think it's happened in combat or yeah. something. They did, some does, does look gangland like that. ritual, but of course they could just fall over. Do you when you just because the people think, oh yeah, really? Well, yeah. and this is what we want to get the listeners going on because you know he's been honest there, Graham. But an awful lot of people injure themselves in a really daft fashion, and then they dress it up. They maybe it is that scarf. You say, where'd you get that scarf from? And then you, every time it's a different story. And it's not quite what I am, which was you fell over in the kitchen because you were drunk or you slipped on a banana skin or something. So tell us what you tell people happened to you to get injured, maybe in the aftermath or subsequently as years went on, as you've got a bit of a memento of it. And tell us what really happened. So let's get the truth out of you at last and um, what you still tell people uh, when you uh, talk them through the incident. So let us know this afternoon, talksport.com forward slash H&J. You can text to 8 to 1089 or you can tweet to TSH&J. That's T-S-H-A-N-D-J. 
Now, over the years, Mike Porky Parry has uh, cast himself as a bit of a visionary. Oh, well, he's always... well, that's one way of looking at it. Well, he yeah. has. Yeah. He's always sort of basically come up with some ideas and everybody always thinks they're bonkers. But today, in the t- there's a Times leader yeah. by Andrew Elson, who's the Consumer Affairs Correspondent. Mm-hmm. And the headline is, Football can make itself, can save itself, rather, by making the goals big. Wow. And it is the Parry theory. Exactly the same reasoning. The goalkeeper was, on average, was five foot five in the na- late 19th century. Mm. Now they're much taller, obviously. And basically the same idea. You think, really? <laughs> I always thought that was the maddest idea ever. Yeah. Well, it, it, all, we need, all we need now is AP McCoy to do a Times editorial <laughs> tomorrow saying wing mirrors on horses. <laughs> That's the one. Yeah. yeah. How do you fit them? I've never quite worked that out. What sort of system? <laughs> However, it is there's not a good way to attach a wing mirror to a horse, is there? <laughs> not really, whether no. it's bolts, glue, or any other no. uh, system. But anyway, the, and my greatest, I still think the greatest Mike Parry one ever, was steam-powered aeroplanes. <laughs> yeah. Just that idea of being at 30,000 feet and Shoveling like mad to stay up there <laughs> as you got a, as you got a crosswind. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. What really happened to you, and what do you tell people happened about a little incident? Marcus says, "I've got a lengthy scar on my finger. I tell people I put my hand in a tank at a sea life centre as a child. Actually, I did it skimming stones, and my men- my momentum caught on the edge of the rock. Uh, this is quite a nice one. Um, uh, when asked, uh, he's, yeah, somebody got injured. And when I asked about the injury, I say." Have you ever heard of cage fighting? Uh, actually, I came off my electric scooter outside Euston Station, says uh, Adam in uh, Solihull. Once got a boxer's fracture on my hand, told everyone I'd been fighting. I'd punch something, but not someone. But uh, the floor after losing a football match, says oh. Matt in Doncaster. <laughs> so the truth, is, the truth is out <laughs> today. So you can keep those coming. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Late bloomers tend to have more curiosity. They tend to have more resilience. There are stories and mythology that this country has woven around black men. What if everything we've been taught is just all wrong? What's worth more than this fear right now? And that rising after failure is part of the glory of being a human being. Listen to deeply personal, insightful, and thought-provoking stories from the world's leading thinkers and doers. Listen and subscribe to The Unmistakable Creative wherever you get your podcasts. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system.
The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. You are also telling us after Graham Potter injured himself, falling over, not anything heroic, he said just a stumble, about t- stories you tell off the back of an injury. Shark bites, Andy, have come up quite a few have times. They? Oh, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> including... Uh, well, so one, from, one of the listeners <laughs> here said, yeah, I've got a little scar and uh, around my shoulder after an, an operation to reset it, and I tell people, oh, yeah, shark, that's what happened there. Um, <laughs> and Brian from Ripon says, I fell through a glass window... Um, 30 stitches around the elbow and the arm. It does look like a bite. So it's great on a night out in my youth. I would say, oh, yeah, bitten by a shark. He said it worked every time. So keep those coming. We are apparently the shark bite. And uh, yeah, some people are just appalling. We got one here from Gary. He says, "Um, when I first met my wife, I've I've got a little mark above my eye. And she said, how did you get that? He said, well, it was a near miss from some shrapnel when I was in the forces. Actually, what it was, it was a chicken pox spot that he picked too much and left a mark there when he was a kid. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Time then once again to... To uh, look at uh, a week of sport on TV with uh, Martin Kellner. And uh, Martin may now find himself critiquing his own daughter because she's been dominating the airways, <laughs> covering the biggest story of the week. It's been quite <laughs> Kellner-heavy, this, uh, this story, hasn't it, if you're a Sky uh, news viewer? Yes, it certainly has. And uh, she failed to uh, put my theory to the uh, Sky viewing audience, uh, sadly. she um, I gave her a number of theories and uh, a number of lines, several of which she didn't use. But then, of course, she's, she's making her way in the broadcasting yeah. industry. I mean, I couldn't care less myself. But it, I have to say, I did think, uh, as far as the coverage generally, I mean, not on Sky, that was absolutely brilliant. But, uh, yeah, on the you know, in the football world generally... I thought a lot of the coverage was a way bit disingenuous. You know, Gary Neville coming, it's all about greed. It's all about money. Well, that was a shock. Who knew? Yes. Who knew that they were, they were, they'd become billionaires because they're quite interested in money? And my expert, I don't know many billionaires, but of the few that I've encountered, you know, they do like money and they like more money. Do you know mm. what I mean? They don't want less money. They always yeah. want more money. But um, even armed with that knowledge, and I'm sure Gary's you know, self-aware enough to know that, mm. oh, it, yeah. this, was, this was beyond the pale. If this was beyond the pale oh, yeah. for people who've got a handle on how this works, I think we all well, agree with that, don't we? Yes, even, yeah. even I agree with the, <laughs> with the fact that this is it's beyond the pale. Um, however, I did think a lot, you know, they're taking our game away and the soul of the game's going, was as if, you know, uh, as if we were still sort of putting our clogs on and going down to... Burnham Park to watch uh, Stanley mm. Matthews and Jackie Milburn mm. armed with our flat caps, you know, having done a shift down the pit on Saturday morning. <laughs> uh, it was it was a wee bit of that. I did, you know, then handing over our sixpence at the turnstile uh, to get in and watch the match. Uh, I thought there was a bit of that about it. And as I say, the, the stuff about its greed and its money, etc., etc., did remind me a wee bit of uh, Claude Rains in the movie Casablanca mm. when they find out that, um, that there's gambling going on. He said, what, gambling going on here? I'm shocked. Shocked, I tell you. Uh, and I it's the first was... time Claude Rains has been brought into the <laughs> European Super League chat. It's a, it's a first on Talk Sport after Brilliant. a week of blank. Claudio coverage. Rainer on Talk Sport. Sport. <laughs> Claudio, Claude Rainieri, he's been on. Well, there you are. This is my, my, my take on it. Yeah, yes, the only thing I'd say is, and I had a chance to say this, it's, Tuesday night was a classic example of how it would have ruined football. 
that match meant everything. Chelsea trying to get in the top four, Brighton mm. trying to survive. If Chelsea were already guaranteed in the in, in the European Super League, what would it have mattered? Yeah. Have mattered yeah. What sort of team would they have put out if they had Barcelona on Tuesday? Yeah. You know, just wouldn't have mattered. And that's the well, whole point. That's your... where they got it wrong. Yeah, I th- you're absolutely right. There. There needs to be promotion and relegation. Mm. Needs to be, uh, you know, time to dream and all that things everybody's said. Um, my view was there should be, you know, if um, if Real Madrid and Barcelona and Juventus are so cash-strapped, why don't we invite them to join the Premier League yeah. along with uh, Rangers and Celtic? Yeah. You've got an EPL 1 and EPL 2, promotion mm. and uh, relegation, some of the top clubs of Europe, rather like the, the way the Rugby League did it with Catalan Dragon. You know, you start off in the in the, in League 2 mm. and then you have a chance to get into I'm League sure 1. I'm sure La Liga would I'm, welcome that, Martin. We could invite <laughs> into Miami in a bit like the Wolfpack, could well, we? I did think that, that, did you, yeah. about a World League? Well, well these, these days there's no reason why you shouldn't. I did. Yeah, I mean to make it a bit of a global league. There was the famous Pele book where they had the World League. Uh, yeah. Don't you remember in Pele's infamous oh, murder I mystery? Yeah, yeah. I, I did wonder the other day, Martin. Basically, every time you looked at a screen the other day or picked up a paper, it said the word Super League. And I wonder if a few people took in some rugby league. Maybe say, do you know what? It's been a while <laughs> since I've. I wonder if it was good branding in uh, indirectly for the world of Super League rugby. Probably not. I watched a bit last yeah. night. Well, there, there we are. Maybe that's Helen's there a yeah, machine on it. Huddersfield yeah, yeah. Saints look as though Saints are going to walk away with that, I would have mm, thought. Yeah. But yeah, good branding for the suit. They're dancing in the streets in Hunslet. <laughs> I'm sure they so, are. <laughs> um, really what else have we watched this week, Martin? Well, <clears throat> I was watching Manchester United versus Burnley last Sunday, and uh, <laughs> usual fine commentary from Martin Tyler, but mm. he does like to sort of, he, he likes to take little diversions, doesn't he? Oh, when, yeah. when there's nothing much happening, he'll start talking about something else. And it was really warm there at Manchester United uh, last Sunday, there on the uh, Costa del Ermston. And uh, <laughs> I noticed that a lot of um, a lot of the, and he noticed that a lot of the people wearing um, t-shirts, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but Sean Dyke, she said, whatever the weather, there he is in shirt sleeves. Always an immaculate white shirt. Mrs. Deitch must do some great ironing. And I thought, wow, <laughs> oh, he's no. going to get he's going to get pencils on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, uh, the, yeah. the women columnists will be sharpening their pencils. And he obviously had the same thought and said, uh, well, uh, maybe he does it himself. Yeah. And then he had another thought when he said, in today's world, he should do it himself. <laughs> wow. I thought, yes. Yeah. And in a bound, he was free. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if Sean afterwards said, it's a Russell Hobbs, 12 years old, but it still, work, still works a dream. Yes, yeah. maybe he did. And the other thing I watched this week, which uh, I've talked about once or twice, but not actually watched, uh, but I sat down and watched the whole thing, mm. and that's uh, Finding Jack Charlton. Oh, yes. I suspect the that's two of marvelous. you may have seen. Yeah. Mm, fantastic, um, yeah. It is brilliant. I mean, it stresses, obviously, it's the Irish, um, I think mostly about that era between 86 and 96 mm. when uh, he was manager of Ireland, two World Cups, and uh, one Euros he qualified for. Some great bits. I mean, I wish I had longer. Well, I'll talk about it more in the, yeah. uh, the night well, I mean, Well, we yeah, we can, I mean, we can just, I mean, it's it's a tough watch. I mean, we spoke to Ray Houghton a few weeks ago, and Ray said he, he yeah. couldn't really bring himself to watch it, knowing Jack, as he did, as this kind of viral, mm. vibrant, character he just felt he he just wasn't able to watch it but so there's just so many it it is kind of it's incredibly sad but sort Mm. of strangely uplifting as well it's an amazing story and to get the kind of access that gabriel clark and the team did to make the film from jack's Mm. family because i'm it, it is a really powerful movie isn't it 
Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the one bit that uh, I thought was slight, slightly amused me was uh, Brendan O'Carroll, a great uh, mm. Irish comedian, mm. but also, of course, he's uh, Mrs. Brown he in uh, Mrs. Mrs. Brown's Boys, which is his invention. It was a very good invention, whether you like it or not. Mm. But I thought that he was talking about um, uh, Jack. And one of the threads running through this documentary is the fact that Jack, in a way, helped, I mean, I think they overdo it a wee bit, but helped change the face of Ireland. You know, things like like uh, the power of the Catholic Church and being um, anti-abortion, anti-divorce, all that sort of thing, that Ireland mm. became um, a bit more... You know, he helped in that process of Ireland becoming a more modern 20th century uh, European nation. Um, but I thought it was strange to see Brendan O'Carroll saying, uh, and this is the exact quote, he said, um, that Jack gave us... He, he helped give us... Um, he helped us to be allowed to be authentic. So there's Brendan O'Carroll now who dresses up as a woman asking to be allowed to be allowed to be authentic which i thought mm, that's that's odd really in <laughs> some ways you're a, you're but... a comedy snob we all yeah <laughs> no, I, I, do you know what i like mrs brown's boys and i've off a lot of um, a lot of flack for saying I like Mrs. Brown. Mm. I like that. I don't like all of it. I like to switch on for the last couple of minutes because I like the bit where they destroy the fourth wall. Oh yes, and uh, you a bit know Gary Shandling. You feel I Gary Shandling was exactly yeah, yeah, the reference yeah. I was, uh, yeah. uh, or indeed Larry Sanders. There. Yeah. So yeah. Um, although I think. Um, Barry Sanders, probably more um, more respected within the comedy community is Brendan O'Carroll. But I think Brendan O'Carroll's a great actor, I have to say. Yeah. But it was amusing to he see him asking mm. to be uh, authentic. And I do like, uh, I like the bit with Eamon Dunphy when, um, when Ireland drew with uh, Egypt, nil-nil. Because we mustn't forget, they didn't, you know, they didn't score a lot of goals. No. Uh, the programme took the... The, the program took the view that, in a way, the way Jack played was a forerunner of uh, Jurgen Klopp and the high mm. press and all that, which it's arguable. I don't know what you two boys think about that. Slightly more reliance on the long ball, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. I thought he so. got the best yeah. out of out of the you know yeah, yeah, right. system. And anybody who's interested in the story of Paul McGrath, yeah. the bits with him were very poignant. You know, yeah. you saw him mm. walking on this sort of deserted beach. It was uh, a fantastic yeah. uh, visual metaphor. And, uh, yeah, what he said about Jack was great as well. So I would urge anybody with an interest in... And certainly, you know, the dementia wasn't... It wasn't going to be about that, was it? But that... Uh, uh, I think that kicked in uh, while they were making it. That's well, my sorry, that's, that's the phone going. That's Brendan O'Carroll. Pat you on the back. Uh, you're back, you're back <laughs> overnight. Martin, I, aren't you? I am, yes. Okay. I get very few calls overnight. So. Yeah, that's <laughs> Martin Kellner is back from 1am to... Is it 6am? 1am to 6am? Well, it is, but we have a documentary hour between 5 and 6. Okay. Or a premiere, you know, game day preview. So, oh, lovely. Uh, it's not, I'm not that heavily involved in that. But all the other stuff, I'm very heavily involved in. Of course yeah, you I'm the presenter. I'm a presenter, so yeah, it's got my name on the programme. Really. Yeah, you're not messing about. <laughs> um, Martin, no. thank you. We'll catch up with you later. You're welcome. Best. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Yes, I was reading uh, Ali Ross's excellent TV column in The Sun today, and I'm so sorry I missed the discussion of the ESL on Steph's pack lunch. Oh, yeah. Honestly. Russell Kane, Baroness Saida Wasi, and Anton Dubeck. Yeah. Who better? Well, that's... That's right. Well, we tried to book them, but they were obviously on there on the same time as us. It's brilliant, isn't it? So uh, we, we couldn't get them uh, on. Uh, you have been telling us, uh, you probably saw Graham Potter 
uh, mm. got himself uh, injured. And he said he'd like yeah. to come up with an heroic story, but he basically couldn't because he'd just sort of fallen over when he went for a walk along the seafront and just cut his eye open. So we asked you earlier on um, about um, some of the things that you've claimed uh, were the ways you got injured and what was the actual truth of the issue. Um, Adam, the Chelsea fan, said, I have a scar on my face, which I used to tell people was caused by a flying stud in a horror tackle playing football. What really happened is my younger sister pushed me in a pond and I fell on a bamboo stick. That's still quite nasty, Adam. Nasty. It's still quite a good story uh, in itself. Um, I got two small round scars on my hand. Once when I was at school and somebody asked me what happened, I panicked. I said it was a snake bite. In reality, uh, I was on holiday in Mallorca and a local accidentally dropped her lit cigarette on my hand, <laughs> said Matt. Not quite as, uh, as exciting a story. No. So uh, thank you for those. A bit of a quick bit of royal news. Oh, Apparently, yeah. crunch, crunch talks between Prince Harry and senior royals have been put on hold because of constant leaks from the Sussex side. I'm oh, blaming yeah. Meghan's mate, Omid Scopey Breezley. Oh, that's, that's very good, that. Nice. Like it, yeah, yeah, beautiful. Um, <laughs> it seems the fallout from the European Super League has even affected the world of banking. Have you seen this? Yeah. Jim O'Neill, who's the former Goldman Sachs executive, turned on JP Morgan. I'm saying you know, they're not just having a they're having a pop at the the people that were coming up with the money. He said, "How on earth did such an experienced chief executive of that company, that's so good at connecting with the real world, how did they let themselves let this proposal go to where it went? It's ridiculous and epitomises everything that's gone wrong with modern sport and in particular football." And I think uh, Jim O'Neill, formerly at Goldman Sachs, has written to the Glazers today. I think he may be one of those people interested in shaking things up and well, level we'll at United, happens, but yeah. it doesn't look like they particularly want to go anywhere they've even been a standard ethics which i know you know andy is a sustainability rating agency they've downgraded jp morgan they said uh, yeah it's uh, so they're not happy with them wow. they've, even, they've even lost marks there i'm sure they're probably just down to their last 25 billion i would imagine so it's probably not affecting them too they used much. to be called standard and poor didn't they that i think I mean, they must did have they changed really? their name for the poor thing didn't work quite it well doesn't really it. work that well does no, it no. no um did you see a story about it's a lovely story actually um i mean i suppose i shouldn't be surprised it's a quote from sir alex ferguson going back to the moment when scotland qualified for the euros he said, when Serbia scored in the last minute, I thought, um, extra time, not a chance. And he said, then I saw, he said, David Marshall saved. Then the Ryan Christie interview, he said, I was crying when I saw him crying. Oh, it was fantastic. That's great. It's great that he still gets so completely wrapped up in football yeah. like that even now, isn't yeah, it? It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember him crying a lot during his tenure. No, he didn't. Match, you know, you know, that that uh, clearly got to him qualifying for a tournament. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Well, there's plenty of uh, live sport, much of the uh, good stuff here on uh, TalkSport and talk sport too but you might want to squeeze in a bit of non-sporting telly mm. as a break so Mike Ward uh, um, yes legacy football fan uh, <laughs> very not, much not so. one of the fans of the future uh, no. joins us now good afternoon Mike good afternoon guys Brighton and Hove Albion fan how are you mm. looking from afar on uh, all the, the greed at the top of the table greed. what have well, you made yeah. of it yeah, I was just looking at, I had a note about tonight's Have I Got News For You, apparently they're, t they're, they're tackling that subject in some depth with obviously with, uh, as a to with Victoria Coran Mitchell um, as the presenter. And they're basically um, uh, joking about the fact that, um, well, she thinks it's music that we're worried that it's, it's money driven and her yeah. joke being that is, <laughs> is it always, you know, kind of thing. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I just, I, I'm, I think I, I, Paul Barber's come out and said quite a lot of, you know, quite 
inspiring stuff and mm. very powerful stuff so i'm quite proud to be part of that and um you know yeah yeah i think andy started off being appalled with his own club now he's slightly worried that he's going to see him he's going to see him not quite as strong and not lauding it as much i think he's stepping back from that <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> true he yeah. doesn't he, he well, at least i'm honest yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> well the thing is that we were never strong anyway so i haven't got an issue <laughs> now tonight is a new series well, it's on netflix now as we speak it's called shadow and bone yeah. And I saw that. I thought it's not a thing like uh, DCI Shadow and and <laughs> you know Sergeant Bone, Bone is it? Yeah. It's not a detective series. It's a fantasy it? drama. I mean, oh, it's, okay. not, it's I'll be honest, it's not my sort of thing at all. But it's it's it, you know, I think they're hoping it's got kind of Game of Thrones potential because it's obviously you know it has words like epic and lavish in the description and oh. it's a bit, very big budget and it's kind of it's it's set in some magical land where the forces of evil are. Uh, have to be overthrown and uh, it's based on some novel work about you know a young woman who discovers she has magical powers and she just joins an army of other people with magical powers and together they hopefully fight off the forces of evil something like that I mean if you love that sort of thing it does look look great if you like that and mm. um, have you watched it Mike mm-hmm. I mean well, obviously is it, is it does it feel like Game of Thrones to you or? well I only watched one episode of Game of Thrones so I'm not in a position to judge right <laughs> Marvelous. Okay, fair enough. You know, what, you know me and dragons. Yeah, I know you've got a thing about dragons, haven't you? That's yeah. very true. Very true. Um, now, it's, I mean, we've got the, the Churchill thing that Andy's yeah. been watching. I suppose mm. you'll go until uh, to tomorrow. Again, it's not stunning amounts, is it? I mean, Alan Carr's epic game show has, has found its way around to name that name tune. That He's tune. doing a different game show every, every week. Every single it? every single week, yeah. So there's you know there's there's a lot of nostalgia. I'm just looking at the whole weekend. There's kind of a lot of nostalgic stuff because obviously mm. yeah, you mentioned the Churchill thing. You've got Alex, Alan Carr's name that tune then tomorrow night you've also got britain's favorite 90s tv comedy which is that every year they were doing different decades so the, we've moved on to the um uh, the era of you know the fast show and uh French and Saunders. And is it sort of talking heads around? It's talking heads I remember and lots, that and lots when, of clips. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, sure. I, I love that 90s, <laughs> 90s era comedy. I think I was stuck in the 90s, if I'm honest. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the reasons I, met, I was going to mention the BBC Four's coverage of, um, I say coverage, BBC Four's St George's Day at the BBC tonight, because it, mm-hmm. it includes the Spice Girls uh, pairing with Echo and the Bunnymen for the 1998 World Cup. Um, that song on top of the world, which I'm sure you probably bought on 12 inch and covered oh, yeah. by <laughs> and, and all sorts. And it's just fascinating. I dug out the, the old uh, video of that to see, you know, Gareth Southgate's in it, um, uh, Alan Shearer, Ian Wright, um, David Seaman, <laughs> and uh, uh, members of Ocean Colour Scene, right. Spice Girls. Oh, yeah. I remember. So yeah. That's, that's tonight. Is it BBC that's 4? That's tonight, 10 o'clock, uh, on, 10 o'clock. On, on BBC 4. Don't okay. miss it. That might be good. I've just seen, though, on Sunday, of course, the big TV event is yeah. Line of Duty. But I, I thought, thought, you... I thought I've, I've watched three this week yeah. in an effort not to be left behind, okay. thinking that Sunday's was the last one. No. Oh, yeah. But it's Two not, left. is it? You could have taken have, have, have a bit. But it did go out. We don't want to give away because some people might be catching up now, but it did go out on a bit of a... Uh, a Are we not giving away? What well, can we? I mean, week? think there was basically yeah, there was there was shots fired. I don't I mean, think we're giving on... away too much because no. actually all we can because I'm not allowed to say anything more than you, you've you know, seen it, we, have you, Mike? I, I've seen oh. I've seen enough yeah. to resolve a few things, but I can say no more. Okay, okay. fair um, enough. But mm. yeah, two shots rang out. Um, we didn't see what happened. Um, we didn't see whether they hit who yeah. fired them, who they hit, if anyone, and what the consequences are. Um, but yeah, that's left everything on a great cliffhanger, and it is the penultimate episode. So the the first one mm. of May is the is the last one. Episode six mm. of seven, of course, and that's nine o'clock on BBC One, as if yes. you need telling. Before that, though, is is a pure. 
partridge it idea, is. isn't it? <laughs> Seven o'clock, Channel 5, Caravan Holidays with Shane Ritchie. <laughs> yes. You say pure part. The disappointing thing of this in the series, it is obviously four parts, I couldn't just do it in one, um, is it was originally called Caravanning with Shane Ritchie, which has just got slightly more of a, a sort of partridge-esque mm. edge to it. By yes. changing it to Caravan Holidays, some spoil mm. sport you know, has decided to, you know, to sort of tone it down a bit. <laughs> Caravan Hall is a terrible title. I mean, it's sort of clunky, isn't it? Whereas mm. Caravanning with Shane Ritchie, just embrace the naffness and go with it, I think. Yeah. Is it anyway. good? Is it good? Well, it's Shane Ritchie. I mean, Shane Ritchie is, surprisingly, Shane Ritchie is always good value in, in anything and, mm. and uh, he has a refreshing honesty to the work he undertakes and the reasons, he, you know, like he did on... Um, on I'm a Celebrity, you know, I've got a huge tax bill, need to yeah, pay sure. it. Yeah, sure, yeah. And, and, uh, and uh, I think he's great. I've always, whenever I've interviewed him, he's been, he's been top value. So. That Can't one for shame. next week sounds good. Viewpoint. Tell us a bit about that. Viewpoint, yeah. This is a drama going out Monday to Friday next week on ITV. Noel Clark in the title role, uh, in the lead role. He's basically a police surveillance officer who's, mm. uh, who's keeping an eye on a, a guy who's suspected of being involved in the abduction or worse of his girlfriend it's a bit it's a bit strange and it does sort of involve a bit of a stretch of the imagination because okay. uh, basically he keeps an eye on this flat from across the road using police surveillance gear but it's like it's, it's like watching theater you can see see so much inside the property over the road with the gear he's got it's like mm, quite sure not quite sure that really worked but anyway it's one of those things that you find halfway through you're gonna have to see it through to the end even if you're not sure whether it's brilliant or not it's kind of you know, a page turner in a way that you feel slightly unsure about but want to see through. Here we are, Monday and Friday next week on ITV from uh, nine o'clock. Mike, we'll catch up with you next week. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. We'll do it all again on Monday. Motti will be popping into the studio to see us. We'll be reflecting on all the weekend's games. So, until then, uh, thanks for listening and have a great weekend. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4pm on TalkSport. Late bloomers tend to have more curiosity. They tend to have more resilience. There are stories and mythology that this country has woven around black men. What if everything we've been taught is just all wrong? What's worth more than this fear right now? And that rising after failure is part of the glory of being a human being. Listen to deeply personal, insightful, and thought-provoking stories from the world's leading thinkers and doers. Listen and subscribe to The Unmistakable Creative wherever you get your podcasts. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.